up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackleman. It is Friday, August 21st, and tomorrow, game on. Game on, baby. My first home league draft of the year. I'm excited. I've done plenty of drafts this year. Plenty of best ball, plenty of mock drafts, plenty of industry drafts. But you know what? There's nothing like those home league drafts. That's why I do this stuff right here. It's exactly why I'm talking to you right now. If it wasn't for those home league drafts, I would have never caught the bug. But I love it. My first one tomorrow, another one next week, another one the week after that. Love it. We got a lot to talk about on the show today. And one big topic, I know a lot of people are in 10-team leagues. How do you adjust for a 10-team league? We're going to unpack that for you. That's coming up in a little bit along with some news and notes from around the NFL. But first, got to tell you about our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to check out MonkeyKnifeFight.com. MonkeyKnifeFight.com is the fastest-growing daily fantasy site in the world because MonkeyKnifeFight.com is different than other daily fantasy sites. That's because on MonkeyKnifeFight.com, there are no salary caps. You don't have to play against the Sharks, and that means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. MonkeyKnifeFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports. And of course, coming up, football. That's why you sign up now, so you can get in on the football. That's where we have the edge, by the way. You know what else? MonkeyKnifeFight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, you have your first deposit matched up to $50, bucks, 50 free dollars. I like that. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you'd be pretty certain you know what you're getting into when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. And hey, I've been saying this on the pod this week. This is the way you can help me out. By signing up, using the promo code RANT. I had a couple people hit me up, say, hey, it's not available in my state. I appreciate you investigating. You know, hey, whatever you can do to help this pod, I am more than grateful for that. But if you are in a state where it's where it's legal, uh, hey, it's basically player props. It's a hybrid of uh, what you're kind of used to with DFS and some of the uh, over-under type uh, things that you're used to as well. It's pretty cool. I'm telling you, it's a nice little different game that you can get in on. And I think have some good success. And we will be doing some stuff as we get into the season where um, you may be able to play against yours truly. We get a little Rat Pack action on Monkey Knife Fight. All right? I'm pushing for, uh, you know, maybe we could figure out a little, I got to push the uh, Sawdust Podcast Network, see if we could figure out maybe some prizes. I like prizes. Getting prizes is awesome. So we're, we're kicking around some ideas of how we can uh, have a little bit of fun with this partnership with Monkey Knife Fight. So just sign up now. That way you'll be in. You won't have to worry about it. And then we can get uh, a little Rat Pack uh, contest going. But that'll be when the season starts. Still a couple weeks away. But yeah, just get the money now. Get the free money now and do it. Promo code RANT. All right. So a couple notes from around the league. A uh, few, few things that stuck out to me. Uh, first and foremost, the Athletic pointing out that BC Johnson is the number three, is essentially locked in with Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Not a surprise, but I did see some people talking about BC Johnson, or you may see him listed as Ola BC Johnson. 
depending on the site you're looking at. Because I <laughs> people be like, wait, where, where's this BC? I, I don't see BC. Well, Ola BC is his full name. So regardless, he's a good player. But here's the problem. I don't think there's anything to like here whatsoever for fantasy purposes, even as a deep flyer, because A, run heavy offense. B, yeah, he's the number three wide out, but what target is he? The number six target? I mean, Thielen is ahead of him. Jefferson's ahead of him. Okay, obviously. I would say Irv is ahead of him. I would say Kyle Rudolph is ahead of him. I would say Dalvin Cook is ahead of him. In a run-heavy offense, the number six receiving option is not a fantasy viable player. So just throwing that out there. I uh, saw some positive notes about John Hightower. Now, if you don't know who John Hightower is at this point, the Eagles picked him on day three of the draft. They picked... Uh, three speed receivers, essentially, in this draft. Jalen Rager, John Hightower, and Quez Watkins. Hightower played at Boise State. He has blazing fast speed, and I thought he was underrated. He's a guy who I actually tried to target in some dynasty leagues, but underrated in the pre-draft process. The Eagles identified the, the type of receiver they wanted. But anyway, Jeff McLean, who's on the Eagles beat, said, Jalen Rager and Hightower look at the very least, like receivers who can play on day one. So with the old receivers they have, right, they have Alshon, they have Deshaun, and Alshon banged up, and Deshaun was banged up all last year, I would not rule out John Hightower immediately working his way into, you know, some reasonably good playing time. I mean, we could see, it's reasonable to expect, obviously Rager's going to be out there, but it's reasonable to expect that you could see at times a three-wide set that features Rager, Hightower, and Ortega Whiteside. So this is a very young group, which for Carson Wentz may not be optimal right now, but I think about this for the long haul. That's actually pretty appealing to me, you know, if I'm a Carson Wentz dynasty owner especially, because you do have passing options you can lean on in those tight ends. And then you have this nice core group of young wideouts to develop and grow with over the long haul. Uh, because, you know, hey, when you have wideouts north of 30, it's not a sustainable thing for the long term. This is interesting. It's at least something to pay attention to. Uh, Debo Samuel sounds like he could be back for at week one. I mean, this is wavering, but this just makes me even more confident. If Debo's there in the 10th round, then I'm pouncing. I am pouncing in the 10th round because the discount you're getting for maybe only a game or two. I mean, this is a guy who I would have probably in the fifth or sixth round. Not even probably. I definitely have him in the fifth or sixth round if there was no injury. That's a nice discount right there. Very nice discount. Still no clarity on the Patriots quarterbacks, although Jared Stidham is basically handing the job to Cam Newton. Apparently six interceptions in practice yesterday, which last I checked late. Wait, let me see my notes here. Uh, yeah, that's not good. Uh, so Cam Newton not necessarily standing out, but it sounds like it's going to be his job. So we'll keep an eye on that, but I still like him as an upside option. Speaking of an upside option, a lot of buzz surrounding Zach Moss right now in Buffalo. Good football player, and sounds like he is taking the opportunities here when he gets them. Uh, sounds like Devin Singletary fumbled and was uh, put on the sideline, and then Zach Moss got in and proceeded to ball out. So it, it is only practice. Let's keep that in mind. 
But let's also keep in mind, Devin Singletary in the fifth round where he's going is pretty tight. I, I, I still, believe me, I, li- I, I, I still like a lot about Devin Singletary, but I don't want to hear stuff like this. And then I also don't like the fact that they drafted a running back who is one of the better running backs in this year's class. They already were trying to get another running back in there. They basically found every reason to use Frank Gore that they could last year. There's a lot of signs pointing to this team just does not want to feature back. But Zach Moss in the 11th round or you know wherever you're going to get him right now in the late rounds, not too shabby if you're going to take a stab at an upside guy. I'd be cautious with Melvin Gordon. Vic Fangio saying he anticipates Gordon and Phil Lindsay uh, playing enough where they don't have to designate a, a starter. Ruh-roh. That's what I was worried about right there with Melvin Gordon in this landing spot. And it looks like that's what's happening. So I would be very cautious with uh, Melvin Gordon uh, for fantasy purposes. And by the way, one other thing here, uh, Jordan Akins. So Brad Evans and I did this thing called Booms, Breakouts, and Busts. And um, basically, we went to every team and we identified, we each picked out guys that we thought were Booms, Busts, and Breakouts, basically. And we didn't always agree. But for Houston, it was pretty tough to find a breakout, you know, like basically a deeper guy who could take a big step forward. And I actually said Jordan Akins for Houston, and it sounds like he's making big plays. So just keep him in mind. Houston loves to use the tight end, but they typically will use two tight ends. You know, they're going to use a lot of 12 personnel, and so Darren Fells is going to be in the mix as well. But just a guy DFS-wise, maybe streamer-wise, that I, I mean, I have him on a watch list for me uh, for Jordan Aiken. So just keep that one in mind uh, right there. Uh, by the way, over at FTNFantasy.com right now, if you love deep dives on information, uh, Derek Brown, who is officially awesome, but he does, he's done some deep dives across the board for every single coaching staff. So the coaching data, which is really cool stuff if you want to dive into it. You're a data person. And the Raiders article that he did is for free at FTNFantasy.com right now. The rest of them are behind a paywall. you got to be a platinum or, or you know bronze subscriber to get access to them. But still, you get to see what it at least looks like, what you're getting into before, uh, before you decide to buy, right? Uh, also today at 2.30 Eastern, just like yesterday, I'm doing another premium chat session. We're calling them coaching sessions. That is over at FTNFantasy.com. You have to be a platinum subscriber to get in on that one right there. We'll do them again next week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, same time, 2.30, uh, but it is only for platinum subscribers. But there's lots of other freebies over at uh, FTNFantasy.com if you want to just get a taste of what we have to offer Uh, So go check that out. One thing that will be coming next week, and I'll do a little bit more of a deep dive on this, is how to adjust in a 10-team league. But I did want to talk a little bit about it. And actually, what got me thinking here is an adjustment. This isn't just for a 10-team league. This is an adjustment in general that I'm seeing people ask about, is what do you do if you have a, uh, a league where you're only starting two wideouts. You're required to start two wideouts instead of three. And I've said this in numerous places, you know, on social media. I've said it on SiriusXM on the radio show. I've said it on this podcast. The fewer starting spots you have at a position, the less valuable that position is overall. So people have asked me, well, where do I draft wide receivers then? You know, if I'm in a league that starts just two wideouts. So say it's a 12-team league. 
one quarterback, two running backs, uh, two wideouts, a tight end, a flex, and whatever, defense kicker, whatever. But where, what does that do to the wideouts? And so I think it's a great question. I wanted to address that, and then we can shift to you know the adjustments we're going to make in a 10-team league. But for Michael Thomas, for example, I think you know you look at him in a league where you start three wideouts, he's very easily a top six guy. I don't know if I want to draft him there because I want to get a number one running back. You know, I want to get a top 10 running back on my squad, but he is a top six guy. When you look at it and you take that receiver spot away, he slides all the way back. I think you could look at him maybe as barely top 10. 10, 11, 12 is where he would slide in. The next wideout, Devontae Adams, I think he's a first round pick in a 12-team league with three starting spots. With two starting spots at wide receiver, Devontae Adams now becomes a mid-second round pick. The next wide receiver on my board is Julio Jones. He is an early third round pick. The third wide receiver is an early third round pick when you reduce the amount of starting wideouts. That's very big right there. That's very important. And you know what else this does? It has a ripple effect in terms of overall. It pushes the value of running backs overall up the board. And the reason for that is simple. You're still starting the same amount of running backs as you would in a a league where you have three starting wideouts. So the replacement player, the guy you're going to be able to get off of waivers, is still the same guy. But now that you only have two starting wideouts... You dilute that 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 uh, you know starting pool or the you know the waiver pool a little bit so that now the quality of guy on waivers guy on waivers is now higher than if you had three starting spots. There's just a few more players, right? So more available reduces that value overall. So now the top guys are not as as important. Having top wideouts are not as important in this league as they would be in three wide receiver leagues. Now, in terms of tight ends, it doesn't change anything there for tight ends. So Kelsey still comes in like a second round value, et cetera. Um, Doesn't change anything there. It's more about the receivers move down the board. And and it's kind of crazy when I look at it overall. It it really is. I mean, right now, if I look at, say, my, my top 25, Five, right? So I have I have three wideouts and one tight end. Uh, you know, Kittle comes in just behind the top 25. So basically I have 21 <laughs> running backs out of 25 players at the top 25. That's a pretty big time shift. And now, you know, why I bring this up is because the same thing applies in a 10-team league. So in a 10-team league, you have fewer available starters, right? Uh you're you're reducing the starters are across the board by by two based on the position. So if you have two starters at running or two two starting running backs, you have four fewer starters in this league than you would in a 12 team league, and so on. Same for wideout. Now, just assuming three starting wideouts, um, because I would apply the same idea if it was two starting wideouts as what I just discussed. But let's let's assume it's a one quarterback, two running back, three wideout, one tight end. Let's assume that's the setup. So in this type of league. I, I'm taking the same general approach uh, as I would in a 12-team league, in a 10-team league, where I'm going after f- building the core of running back and wide receiver, 
But I have even more flexibility here at quarterback and tight end. Because at quarterback, there are probably only going to be about 15 quarterbacks drafted. That's it. So in this league, what I can get away with is I don't, I'm not even remotely looking at Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson because they're going to go way too early. What I'm going to do is I'm going to literally wait until my last possible picks. Now, if I have to use my final two picks on, say, kicker and defense, say it's a 16 round, I'm using 15 and 16 on them, then in round 14, I'm going to take a quarterback. And the reason why I'm only going to take one quarterback in this league is because every week, waivers is going to have quarterbacks. Every stinking week. There's 20 viable quarterbacks who I think are draftable in a 12-team league this year. That means that five of them won't get drafted. Like Ben Roethlisberger might not get drafted, or Jared Goff might not get drafted. They don't sound like the sexiest names. I get it. Joe Burrow might not get drafted. Maybe he does. Maybe Baker Mayfield doesn't. Not the sexiest names, but you can stream every stinking week in a 10-team league at quarterback. Load up at running back and wideout. I've, I've done some drafts where literally over the first 10 rounds, that's all I take is running back and wide out in a 10-team league. I don't even think about quarterback because one's going to be there in the 14th round. I really don't even think about tight end because I do think that there are roughly 10 viable tight ends. There might even be just more than that. And so even if I'm taking the eighth one off the board, when am I taking the eighth tight end off the board in this league? Round 10 or 11, right? You know, the people who draft Travis Kelsey and George Kittle are really sacrificing value at running back and wide receiver at a position that isn't as important as it is in a 12-team league. And I still think you can get away with it in a 12-team league. Now, a 16-team league, a little bit different. You know, more starters means now quarterback and tight end become more valuable having those top-end guys. I still wouldn't get Lamar or Mahomes in a 16-team league. I'd still probably stick to... You know, trying to get a quarterback in the 12 to 16 range, but and and I can keep pace there, but I probably would consider more likely looking at one of those elite tight ends. But in a 10 team league, no thank you. So it's a big time adjustment that you're making there. Really prioritizing running back and wide receiver and deprioritizing quarterback to the point of you don't even need to take one until the the last possible pick you can use on it. Because it's so deep. Tight end isn't so deep, but you can deprioritize it to the point where you don't have to use a premium pick. That's it right there. Subtle adjustment, but an important one in a 10-team league. That is one quarterback, right? Two quarterback, I stick to pretty much the same thing I would do anyway, is wait till 10 or off the board, draft two of them, and, and then go from there. But um, anyway, that's it. Draft weekend is coming, so good luck to you. I don't. It's not about luck, is it? Uh, don't forget, you can check out my draft plan article, so exactly how I'm mapping out dra- drafts for this year. That's over at ftnfantasy.com. It's a premium article. Got to be a subscriber to check it out, but it's worth the price of admission. Of course, also at 2.30 Eastern today, I will be doing that coaching session over at ftn.com as well. Appreciate everybody reviewing the show. That is definitely another way you can help us out here in addition to signing up over at monkeyknifefight.com with the promo code RANT. But if you haven't reviewed the show on iTunes already, easy to do, right? Takes you only a minute to review it and rate it. And even quicker, if you have an iPhone, all you have to do is open up the podcast app, go to my podcast, The Rant, scroll down, click the stars, super easy. You're done. That's it. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. All right, I'll catch you on the flip side of the weekend for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here. 